Okay, uh, so for all of those overseas people who are here today, you may or may not know that in Australia, we've just had a huge private, uh, personal data breach by Optus, which is one of our um, two main um, telecom providers here in Australia. And everyone's in a flap about it because a huge amount of data and information has um, been hacked and obtained by hackers. So what I wanted to talk to you about today was privacy and your understanding of what you do with the information you collect from people. So is there anyone in the room who does not collect names and phone numbers and or email addresses from clients or people making inquiries with you? Anyone? I think that would be every last one of us. Yep. So everyone here is collecting personal information. Mm. There is another category of information, which is called sensitive personal information. That's everything you can imagine. You don't want people to necessarily know. It's things like um, um, special abilities or disabilities, um, uh, criminal records, uh, sexual orientation, all of those sorts of things that fall within anti-discrimination law, um, that falls into sensitive personal information. Now, your obligations as a small business. In Australia, the way it works is you're a small business if your turnover is less than $3 million a year. I know it's different in other countries. For example, in the US, if you're the Californian privacy was it COPPA, C-O-P-P-A, um, that applies, oh no, that's the children's one, CCA, um, the Californian privacy provisions over there apply to businesses that have a turnover of $25 million or more. So the, the, the categories of business are different around the world. So I'm going to talk mainly about the Australian area. Um, if you're a small business with a turnover of less than $3 million, in theory, you're not required to comply with the Privacy Act. In practice, you're mad if you don't. And the reason I say that is, for example, if you want to use Google advertising or Facebook advertising, in each one of those, you have to provide a link to your privacy policy. Now, I know there are people who provide a link to the Facebook privacy policy for Facebook advertising. That doesn't cut it. Um, Consider how you would feel if it was your data on the dark web at the moment being sold to everyone. What impact that would have on everything you do. Uh, I can tell you that one of the companies I deal with had a data breach earlier in the year um, that impacted the, we've got cards in the business. Um, and we had to replace three of them because we had dodgy transactions happening on three different cards we use in the office because they all went through one of our continuing education providers. Um, that's minor compared to some of the things. People with all of your personal data, online ability to apply for a loan, they've got everything like that. They can set up accounts. They can do all sorts of things. So... If you're collecting information from your customers, consider what level of protection you would feel comfortable with and apply at least that level of protection to your the personal data that you collect. Now, when you're thinking about that, 
we don't, most of us don't operate on a paper base anymore. We don't have filing cabinets. If you do have filing cabinets, have filing cabinets. they should have locks on them. If you're doing everything digitally, what that means is having passwords on systems, um, having limited access to systems. So, for example, the way our office is set up, um, the IT manager for our office, who happens to be my husband, um, has put controls on every one of the computers. So there's only certain things that can be downloaded onto the computer. There's only certain things that can be taken off the computer. So systems are controlled. Passwords, at a minimum, should be about 12 digits long. The reason for that, I'm, I'm not a maths person, I'm not a technical person, but apparently the difference between 11 digits and 12 digits in encryption is exponential. So you want a 12, 12 character password in everything. You don't want to use the same password across multiple accounts. You want to get a password manager that it's their business to ensure their data is protected. Um, when you're using passwords, ensure that any usernames and passwords for bank details are different from everything else, including any other bank accounts you have. You know, simple things like that. Um, if you've got mobile phones in your business or laptops that people or iPads or anything like that, that people walk around with, ensure that there are security settings on there so that you can remotely delete them. Um, or deactivate them or do something so that any any device that is left, and that is actually the biggest way that people get into systems, is leaving devices uh, in places, you know, in taxis, in cinemas, um, on planes. People leave stuff behind. And if you don't have security systems um, or settings on those devices, then potentially people can access your whole business. Uh, so I want you to be aware of privacy. I want you to start thinking about how you manage personal information and what systems you use. Are you trying to do something cheap and not use a respected provider? You know, the bigger, whether you like them or not, Microsoft, Google, and all the big providers, it's in their best interest to ensure their security is up to date to the minute and provides as much protection as possible. Because if they get hacked, it, it hits their bottom line very quickly. Um, so use protected systems, understand what you do with personal information you collect, and then document it. That's the purpose of a privacy policy. Your privacy policy is to let your customers and your suppliers and everybody you interact with know how you manage personal information. Um, a really good example here, Lana, uh, because you're collating information on behalf of your clients, you're processing information. So you have access to a lot more personal inf information than you would if it was only, you know, you and your clients. You've got the next level as well, which is their clients. Um, so you have to have a clear understanding of what systems you're using and what protections are in place. And if there's a problem in anything, you've got to report to the people that you work for to ensure that they can implement protections very quickly or notify people that there's been a problem. Um, so, yeah, and there are 
In terms of the small business limits in Australia, it doesn't matter if you're a small business, if you're collecting um, health information and health information includes the kind of information that um, wellbeing coaches or life coaches collect. It includes the kind of information that gyms collect. Um, if you collect personal information for the purpose of providing credit, you have to comply. Or if you collect personal information for the purpose of making money from that. So setting up a, a financial exchange or a network or a directory or any of those things that requires you to comply with Australian privacy law. Doesn't matter what your turnover is because that's um, you're collecting inf personal information for the purpose of profit. Uh, so there's some heads up and hopefully got you thinking about why it's important. Uh, is, has anybody got any questions? I think it's a, a major area we've got to be concerned with when we see someone like Optus get caught out and what they say somewhere between seven and 10 million people, their yeah. data has uh, been affected. Um, you, know, you need to uh, cover that side. As you said, you've got to have your security in place, but you've also got to have the documentation of yes. security as well. You can't have one without the other. Absolutely. Stuart's put a couple of um, comments in the chat box, a couple of links there. But uh, Stuart, you got a question? Absolutely. Um, so, so this is something for for everybody um, in the, in the room here. Do you all have privacy policies and terms and conditions and just basic minimums on your website? If you do, congratulations. Uh, extra congratulations if you've actually read them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just a bit of a thought. So, uh, yep. Quite surprising what people copy and paste, um, yeah. and uh, even people who know things can do that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Dre. So confusing when both of my microphones are muted. Um, so I wanted to say that um, the password things that you were talking about, like the 11 and 12 characters, those are for brute force attacks, which are just one type of hack which only accounts for five percent of all hacks 95 percent okay. of data breaches are actually due to human error so it's you guys that need to learn how to protect yourselves the passwords yes they matter but that's not the thing that's probably going to catch you out um also with the links that Stuart put in chat definitely look at the images and look at the brute force attack timings that could take. Um, but with the other links, I suggest not typing your password into those websites. Just me as a tech person. I, yeah, just don't type your password anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, for you as one, make it a, a fake one that's a similar length, but something completely different and see what you, if you just want to test the link to see what they're like. But um, one of the things is that like pin numbers, you can have a conversation with somebody and get their pin number out of them without them even knowing that you've got it. It's all about how you elicit the conversations. And that's uh, something that I've been playing with in the past. So it's, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised what people give away. Yeah, uh, right. Days, cat names, kid names. That's exactly yeah. how a friend of mine just got hacked. So um, there we are. 
But even, uh, you know, it might be a, an anniversary or something with a couple of questions without you even knowing, you'll divulge the date of that and there you've got the, part, the password as well or the PIN number. Right, what have you got? Yeah, i got a question, um, Jeanette. Very good um, presentation. It was awesome. Uh, the question I got, I got all my passwords on a spreadsheet. That's the only way I can remember what I've done. Yep. Anyway, how do I protect the spreadsheet so that it can't be opened. Um, can you put a password on that so that the whole thing is protected? Um, print it um, out and put it in an envelope and sit on it and never stand up. <laughs> um, Dre is a technical person. He's the person yeah, to ask right. that question of. You can put passwords on spreadsheets and other documents. Okay, Tom. Thanks. Yeah. And I know uh, Dre uh, <laughs> talked me into uh, LastPass which means that's sitting um, in the system. It's been encrypted in a way in which if they got hacked, they wouldn't get the passwords. And if you have a, an email, you might have a spreadsheet, you might password protect it. And I've done that with spreadsheets in the past, protected the data in there, and then found a way of unlocking it without having a password. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, Laurie, do you have your hand up? Or have you just popped into the top corner there? Fair enough. Uh, Jason was there before. He had a question, but he looks like he dropped out. So he's having fun with his computers today. Oh, dear. So uh, anybody else got any other questions for Jeanette while we're still on the subject? 